This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, we're going to discuss today the importance of answering Amen. And this is going to be based on the story of one of the great Hachamim of Morocco, Rabbi Rafael Baruch Toledano, who, was, uh, who lived in the previous generation. He was from the city of Meknes, and he later moved to Eretz Israel. And uh, he settled in B'nai Brak. Let me just give you a background before I read what he wrote in his Kitzur Shulchan Aruch. He wrote a Kitzur Shulchan Aruch for Sfaradim. And he writes something in there, but you have to know the background before you actually read the story. So it's written in the Shulchan Aruch that when the Shaliyach Tzibur, in Siman Kuf Chav Dalet, Tziv Dalet, when the Shaliyach Tzibur, Choser HaTfila, when he repeats the Tfila, the whole tzibur should be quiet and answer Amen. And if you don't have nine people who are answering, who are mechaven to the brachot, it's close that the brachot are in vain. Lachen, therefore, kol adam, Everybody should make like there's no other people, even if there's 50 people in the shul. Everybody should make it like they're the only ones answering in order to make sure that there are nine people that, that are answering. And this is one of the few places where the, where the Shulchan Aruch writes that if people talk, where peop, if people talk during Chazarat uh, Hashatz, we could yell at them. Why? Because otherwise, the brachot could potentially be brachot levatala. The Shulchan Aruch says, "Lo yasiach in Sivzayin, lo yasiach sichat chulin b'shash eshirach tibur chazer betfila ve'imsach." And if he does speak, who chote gadol avonon minosov ve'goanimbo. He has such a great avera that he can't carry such an avera. And we scream and we yell at him. That means if a rabbi doesn't want to give Musad necessarily to the community, he's a little bit uncomfortable, he's going to yell at them why they're speaking during Chazarat Ashat, just says, I want to learn a halacha and shulchan aruch with you. And he goes, go arimbo, and we yell at the people. That's all he has to say. Now, Rabbi Baruch Toledano send his children to learn in European yeshivot because there wasn't such a good infrastructure in his time in Morocco. We'll call it in the mid in the mid uh, mid nineteen hundred in the mid uh, mid nineteen fifties. He he sent them out, and what happened was was that he would go visit them. So this is a story that happened. I heard from people when he went to the yeshiva of Gateshead in England. That's where he had children studying at the time, and he saw that people during Chazarat Ashatz were learning during the Chazara. And they weren't answering to the Chazarat Hashatz. And he couldn't believe it. So you could imagine, it was a European yeshiva everywhere a lot of short suits and, uh, and, and, and hats. These fedora hats. And he's coming in with his long uh, jalabia, with his long, long Moroccan uh, rabbinic garb and his uh, round hat. And he sees what's going on. He didn't hesitate for a minute. He goes up right in the middle of the yeshiva where there is the bima, and he bangs 
very, he bangs very hard on the, on the bima, and he, he starts yelling at them, how could you, how could you be speaking during tefillah, and not answering amen, and gave, they didn't know what, they didn't know what hit him, they didn't know what hit him. So listen to what's going on, so the Shulchan Aruch writes, and in, he, so he writes in Kitsur Shulchan Aruch the following, now that I told you the story, tell me if you recognize this, Siman Kufi Yudha Alif, Ot Lamid, he brings the Shulchan Aruch that you, you shouldn't speak in, uh, in, in Chazarat Ashats and you can yell at people that speak during Chazarat Ashats. And he says like this, last year, uh, he actually writes it in the year Tavshin Yud Dalid, which is approximately uh, 54 years ago, right? I went to Israel and in Europe. And I visited the Ashkenazi yeshivas. And I saw that they are learning and they are and they are and they are teaching Torah to the public. And they're Geonim, they're great giants in Torah and Yirah. Fortunate is them and fortunate is law. Their lot. But I have something that I must say. Emet le'amito, truth to the truth. Ra'idi davar echadu. I saw one thing that's not good, which is that at the time of Chazara, even if there's only six or seven people that are doing this, they speak during Chazara in Kaddish. Also, the people who learn, and they're not careful of the brachot and the aminim. And there are some people that are learning Torah during the Chazara. And they're not careful about answering Amen in Kaddish. And in truth, I was very pained by this. And I rebuked them. But it didn't help. Because they were already used to it. <laughs> now you know the story, you can understand what he meant. So he says, I, I think it's important to bring the following. And he's going to bring a very nice piece of Musar that I thought to share with you. It's, a, it's something that the Kafachaim brings it very, uh, very um, brief, but he actually expands on it. He took it from the sources and he expands on it. First, he starts with uh, the the Bet um, Yosef brings from a midrash of Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha that when Bnei Israel come into synagogues and they say Amen in a loud voice, they can nullify all types of gzirot kashot, and therefore you have to answer in a loud voice. Amen And he writes, this is what's written in the Zohar Kadosh. Chazi kucha da lav ihi kekar kuchin. You should know the Kiddushah of Am Yisrael is not like any other Kiddushah. When the Kiddushah comes in, it could really chase away any other bad klipot, any other bad influences that are there. And when you say, Amen yesh you could destroy the, the, the Satan. And when this Kiddushah Breaks the power of the of the sitra achra hakadosh baruch who comes and his own uh, the kavod of Hashem comes and 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 it glorifies the whole place and the zora kadosh discusses how great when somebody answers even one amen yehesh mirabba so says Rabbi says Rabbi Baruch yesh li itbonen kama yesh lechaven bekadish vekama yesh lishtadel anototo how much a person should make an effort to answer kadish and kedusha. And then he goes on in the following. 
there was one of the great Geonim in Am Yisrael. His name was Rav Mordechai Yafe, named the Levush. He was a student of the Ramah. The Levush, apparently, learned by the Ma'ari Abuhab. Rav Yitzchak Abuhab, who was, uh, who was one of the great Sephardi Chachamim, and uh, Rav Mordechai Yafe was coming from uh, the, the countries of the Ramah. He's apparently, I don't know where they met, doesn't say where they met, but he went to, to learn by him. It sounds like it could be in Eretz Israel. We know that there's a Bet Knesset of the Maria Buab in Tzfat. So it could be that this happened in Tzfat, but I'm not sure. And he came to learn the wisdom of the Ibur. That means of the months. You know, it's a, it's a leap year this, month, this year. So all, there's a whole type of Chochmah to learn about the months. And it's written the following. As they were learning, it happened that there was a child. Now, I think that this child must be old enough that he knew what, who he's making a bracha to, because otherwise you shouldn't answer amen to a child who doesn't know what bracha he, uh, he is making. Like it's written in, in uh, Kuf Chavdalid, uh, that you shouldn't answer to a, uh, to a child that didn't reach the, the age uh, of Chinuch. So either way, either way, this, this child answered. And... Everybody answered, but the Levush was so preoccupied, he was preoccupied with what he was learning, that he didn't answer Amen. So the Maria Buab, what do you think he did? He got so angry, Ka'as Ka'as Gadol, a very great anger, and he put him into exocommunication, Nida'oto. Rav Mordechai Yafe was in exocommunication for 30 days, on not answering Amen to a kid's bracha. Yeah? Maria Buab didn't want to give him mechila. So I mean, at the end, after 30, he says, Rebbe, I mean, I get it. I made a mistake. But, Ad Kedekach? This much? So the Maria Buab tells him, listen, I'm going to tell you a story and you'll understand why I'm doing this. And you're going to understand that I will not be mochel you until you accept upon yourself to speak in public about this story that I'm about to tell you. And this story happened in Spain, he writes. At the time of the Gzerot, of the Jews that they were going to be expelled. There was a couple of expulsions from Spain. He writes of the, uh, of the expulsion of the year Taftaf Nun Vav. I don't know exactly which expel, uh, expulsion that was. And he writes like this. There was a great rabbi at the time that he was also a very big politician. He was very close to the king. And anytime there would be something bad to the Jews, that there would be some type of massive taxes or exirat to, to do something bad, he would always speak to the king. The king was very close with him, very good friends with him. And the king would always give him time of day. And whenever something bad happened, the king would say, listen to him, and that's it. So this Rav, who was a big Yiddish Shamaim, a big Talmud Chacham, but he also was very close to the king, used his connections, and he was able to help the Jews in many instances. There was one time where the king said, that's it, we're expelling all the Jews. Happened before, but they thought they could get, the, uh, they could get this, uh, this friend of theirs, this big Talmud Chacham, out of the pickle, out of the situation. So they asked him to do so. So he said, fine. He says, but I first want to pray Mincha, and then I'll go. They said, Mincha, pikuach nefesh, you can't wait till Mincha, go right now. Said, okay, fine. So he rushed, and he went to the to the uh, to the house of the king. And 
as he's going to the house of the king, at the same time a priest came. And the priest said, I'm here to give a long blessing to the king. It's going to be a long 10, 15 minute blessing. So the Chacham said, great. I have time to pray Mincha, <laughs> right? You ever saw that? There's, uh, there, there's people, you know, they, they come to a wedding. They, they, they see, in 10 minutes, they're going to get to the Ketubah reading. I have to pray, I could pray Mincha. They go in a corner, they're praying Mincha. In the meantime, the wedding's going on. It's right before Shkia. So that's what the Rav did. He goes to the corner, he prays Mincha. In the meantime, this priest is saying, Oh, Misha Beiruch of the king. And you should have this, and the king should be this, and he should be exalted. And a whole long uh, discussion about how great this king is. And obviously the king is very happy hearing this. And at the end, the king, uh, the, the, the priest finishes the blessing and he says, and everybody should answer, Amen. And everybody there answers, Amen, long live the king. Besides the Jews, pray when I say he didn't hear what was going on. Could be he would have answered because it would have been Pikuach Nefesh. But he didn't even answer. So he didn't answer. The priest said, oh, now the bracha is not going to happen. Obviously, he was trying to get the Jew in trouble. He started ripping out his hair. And he said that, now the bracha is not going to happen because this chacham didn't answer amen. So the king got so angry. He said, my friend didn't answer amen. I'm going to show him what to do. He, he, he killed his friend. He chased all of the... He, he chased... This, this Jew out he chased everyone out and he not only that he, cha- that he killed his friend the Jew he cut him into pieces and he, he horrible horrible things up until the point that there was another Chacham in the generation was so depressed from the situation he said this is what happened a Jew his whole life works for Am Yisrael and gives everything up for the sake of the community and this is the end he was so bizarre he was so despondent, so depressed. He told himself, how could it be? And he was really, really, really depressed from such a situation, from such a, from such a, from such a, uh, an incident that happened and the king, and, and the king just destroyed everyone. He was in a Bet Midrash one day, this Chacham, and it appears to him, a, 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 the, the, the person who died, the friend of the king that died, he appears to him. What? It's in a dream. It's real life. A hologram. We don't know how it happened. But he saw this Chacham. And the Chacham told him, I know that you're depressed about what's going on. But you should know that I was supposed to pray. I was supposed to die a long time ago. <coughs> and the Satan would keep on pushing it off because I would always be very makbid to answer Amen. But there's one time that I didn't answer Amen to a child who made a bracha. And, and, the, and the Satan said, now is the opportunity to get him. And he put me in front of the king, and I got punished. But you should know, don't worry about me. I'm in a good, I'm in a good place. I'm in Gan Eden. You shouldn't worry. It's just this one avira, I had to go through a kapara. I had to go through a, a, a retribution. Maria Buab comes back and tells her, Mordechai you understand? You are a perfect person, Baruch Hashem. You have everything for you. You're learning. You're, 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 you're praying. There's just one issue that you are not answering Amen. And this one time you didn't answer Amen. And don't be upset that I put you in Cherem because I know it's for your good and I know that this in order for you to go through any other type of punishment that you might have to go to and this is the opportunity for Satan to jump on the bandwagon, 
this is an opportunity instead that, that you could get the Teshuvah Shirema. So says Rabbi Baruch, coming back to the Ashkenazim and saying, they should tell them, who knows, maybe this is why we have all these tsarot. That's why we have different pains in the world, because people are not careful about answering Amen and praising Hashem and having a having kavana while they pray. And he says, Bisharzot and says Rabbi Baruch, if they do this, they will get to a lot of Yarich Yamim Bishanim Ala Torah Velavada. So says Rabbi Baruch, if they do this and they're careful and they're vigilant to make sure that they answer Amen, you're what's supposed to. During Chazarat Hashatz, and I stumble in this as well, it's not easy, but you try to answer Amen to every single Biracha. You try to have as much Kavana as you can. I know that everybody, they concentrate very hard on their phones, making sure that they look on the amens. But sometimes people could think that you're looking at emails instead of looking at your app of tefillah. That's okay. Especially when you're looking so hard and you lose yourself and you don't even answer amen. So what happens is, is that people might think that you're looking at your emails, and you're, but really you're looking at your sitter app and you're so lost in the loftiness of the bracha you forget to answer amen. So that, Rabbi Baruch, it's better even not to look at that phone and to put it away during Shabuna Isre to make sure to be able to answer all these barakot. I'll tell you, an amazing thing. Just today, and I'll finish with this, I was learning just right before I came into this shiur. I was learning with some people and I, w- I, was, I told them a Dvar Torah that Rabbi Yaakov Abu Chatzir says on Parashat Vayakir. And I'll end off with this Dvar Torah. <coughs> Rabbi Yaakov says that... The Pasuk tells us this week, Sheshet Yamim For six days, Te'ase, work shall be done. And on the seventh day, you should rest. Work shall be done. You shall work. What does it mean, work shall be done? What's the word, work shall be done? It says Rabbi Yaakov like this. The Gemara Masechet Kiddushin Daf Pebet tells us that if a person works, and thinks that because of his effort, Parnassah comes, he's in big trouble. Because it's up to Hashem to make a person rich. It's up to Hashem to make a person poor. And many times we find people that they put in a tremendous amount of effort, nothing comes out of their efforts. And some people put a little bit of effort, and other things come. And, and the bracha comes. And the advantage that a person has, if he has his bitachon, his, his, his trust in Hashem is immense. Because number one, he won't waste time in Torah and tefillah and in jealousy towards other people. He'll gain these three advantages. He won't waste time learning or praying or tekinah because he knows, or jealousy from other people because he knows that everything's up to Hashem. That's why the Tana tells us, who is rich. Why, why who is rich? Somebody who's fortunate in his lot. It doesn't say somebody who's happy. Because richness is all proportionate according to how you feel inside, says Rabbi Yaakov. And therefore, if a person knows that he's doing well and that Hashem, that he puts in his effort. Now, it doesn't mean that a person's laziness or lack of confidence is an excuse not to put in his ishtadlut. He has to put in his ishtadlut normal to business practice. That means if the guy doesn't answer the phone the first time and you're supposed to call him the second time, you call him a second time and you do your maximum effort. So you can't blame your laziness 
for your bitachon. You can't say, well, I have so much bitachon, I'm not going to work at all. If it comes from laziness, you're not getting anywhere. You have to do your ishtadlut. But when you do your proper ishtadlut and you go overboard, because you think it's up to me that I bring that parnasa, you'll lose out. You might win on this deal, but you'll lose out on the next deal. Bitachon, tefillah, and Torah you'll gain, says Rabbi Yaakov. And you know what else you'll gain? You'll have rest on Shabbat. Because if you're so worried about your business deals during the week, it takes up your mind that on Shabbat also, you can't concentrate. And what happens when you can't concentrate? Your Shabbat's not a real Shabbat. You're waking up, you're thinking about your deal. You go to sleep, you're thinking about your deal. You, you're, where, where, how are you going to pay back this loan? And how are you going to take this loan? That's all you're thinking about. So it says Rabbi Yaakov, you want to have a Shabbat? Sheshet yamim te'ase melacha. Six days, let the work happen for you. That means don't think that you're doing the work. Put in your shtadlut, but know that it's coming from Hashem. If you do that, the seventh day, it will be, your Shabbat will be the rest. And I, as I was learning with, with my two friends, and they had a lot of different business deals going on, obviously it's in the morning, there's, that's where all the emails come in. They said, we're learning now, we're not dealing with it. He just called me, he went into his car, something that he was waiting for a long time and doing so much ishtadlut for, the guy tells you're not answering your phone. Deal happened just like that. It came in the way it was supposed to. Because he was sitting and learning. He wasn't so worried. What had this, the deal would have happened? I don't know. But it did not not happen because he was sitting and learning. He was sitting and learning. Hashem took care of everything. That's the bitachon that we have to have. The same thing in Shmona Isri. We know this is the The time for Torah and Tefillah is one. The time for business is another. We concentrate on our business another time and we, we focus on what we're supposed to focus during Tefillah. Hashem will give us a bracha. Chazaku Baruch. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.